0: Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where each week we shuffle the cards of hospitality and deal out hands to its most colorful characters. This week's guest,
1: Paul Verant, has the rare distinction of owning the restaurant Guy Jin, where I had my last meal before the pandemic started. So, oh, whoa. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Who'd you go out to eat with? Uh, I went out to eat with uh, Donnie Ronan, uh, a San Francisco-based bar person. Uh, and he was telling me about how Seattle had already shut down and I could not wrap my mind around the shutdown.
0: Yeah. You had no idea it was coming. No idea. So this had to be like March, 2020. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It was a trip. Yeah. I went to Gaijin around the same time, and I saw none other than Bobby Flay sitting at the bar. Wow. Did that shock of red hair blind you? <laughs> I, was, I was temporarily blinded. When I finally came to, I realized how many people were coming up to him and asking for photos. Oh, and then you were blinded by all the flashes from the paparazzi. That's right. You were double blinded. Yeah. It was like a strobe light in there. <laughs> um, but, but it was a very enjoyable meal.
1: Yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, Paul has done so much. His story is very interesting. Lots of fun anecdotes. He is the proprietor of V. He is the proprietor of Vistro Prime and Guy Jin, which we've
0: already established. And talk about farm to table—he's a farm to table person. He, he is. Grew up on a farm, yeah. and now he's serving food at table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, without further ado, here's our conversation with Chef Paul Verant. We Gentlemen. I actually met you a few years ago fly fishing with Soho House. Oh
2: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Jesus Tim.
0: Yeah. It was a That's very right. very small Soho House event. Yeah. I think they only Where was six it? Six people. I think we, we went somewhere in Indiana. It was on the
2: it was on the St. Joe River.
0: Yeah. Wow. Are you a big fly yeah. fisherman?
2: I mean I enjoy it. Am wow. I am I am I great at it? No. But it's, I, it was I, fun. I, we, had, I, we had guides. I, yeah. It was cool. It was. Uh, you know, I've done I've done a handful of events like that with the Solo House in exchange for for a, for a membership. Yeah. Right. So it's great. It's cool. Same. And that was um, it was it was a fly fishing adventure in Michigan. Though though I think it was I think it was in the it was on the St. Joe, but in the in, Indiana. Yeah, stretch, that's kind of gray area. Indiana. But yeah. all I had to do was do a you know I, mean, I got to fish and all that, but I had to make a shore lunch. That was the whole idea. Yeah, it was cool. Took, it took fun. Had, right? I
0: think we had two boats, maybe. How was the food? And it was awesome. He cooked. He like Come on, Danny. literally dug. <laughs> Fuck, man. He dug a hole in the banks of how the th- river. Yeah, how and did you think built, the food was? He <laughs> built a grill. Yeah, no. He did he, not uh, cook what we caught because uh, I don't know if that was edible. But the, it was awesome. It was yeah, we were we experience. were fishing
2: for smallmouth bass, which which are tasty. You know, it's not. It's not the most, you know, like sought after eating fish.
1: How when you but catch, that was cool That's when right. you catch a smallmouth bass. See,
2: and I, Tim, I'm like, you know what? I remember. It. <laughs> I was a younger
1: man back then. How <laughs> much younger? Five years ago, or uh, yeah, so. I guess
2: it's been it's been <laughs> five years. What, what'd you say? No, yeah. how? So
1: when you catch, let's say, a smallmouth bass, what's mm-hmm. the, what do you have to do to prepare it, like on the fly? Well,
2: I mean, you got to there. Well, so. I, you know, so I was, I was impressed. So, so normally, right. Yeah. Like up until I'll say this past summer, I would have, you know, first, right. You got to eviscerate the fish and you got to scale the fish. Yeah. And then you can, you can fillet it or you can, you could, you could, you could, you could, you could cook it whole. Right. Okay. So, but this past summer I was, I was fishing with some friends in Quebec
0: hmm.
2: and these are like. One of the guys is from Michigan. one One of the guy, one of the one of the one of the other guys is from Buffalo, but they're they're longtime outdoors, you know, anglers, hunters, whatever. And my buddy Scott, you know, like we had, we were, you know, we were out, and I was going to do a shore lunch, in in Canada, right? And we had, we had caught some 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 smallmouth bass, and, you know, I'm I'm getting all like kind of chefy, like mm-hmm. okay, let's you know, we got to scale them, we got to. We gotta we gotta gut them and all that, you know. And he just guts in intact. He he did this technique where he grabbed the tail of the fish, had a had his knife and then filleted towards the head and then flipped it over and then took the skin along with the scales and everything off.
0: Hmm. Now oh, pro move
2: he it, it was a pro move <clears throat> he he definitely left left on you know like he 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 left on some flesh, right so like if you're a restaurant chef or cook, you know you're gonna get you're gonna get scolded for that kind of mm-hmm. stuff right
1: <laughs> but is it but it was, or... it was
2: it was it was kind of a like a super awesome kind of outdoorsy kind of ninja move hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it was and it, and he was faster than I was, you know, I'm over there scaling taking the guts out which is which is
0: yeah. kind of nasty he right he wasn't precious about yeah. it <laughs> yeah Next.
1: no it was it was cool but when you leave the flesh on is it like texturally more challenging is the flavor off like why in a what restaurant do you mean? would you not do that
2: no well you i mean so you he it
1: wasn't the most efficient yeah you
2: have you have a he, he had a lower yield
1: oh i see right I see. so you you're you Got know it.
2: that's that's the money right that's the, <laughs> yeah, you know enough. so you don't you don't want to
1: yeah you don't want to you yeah, want you want to
2: have an optimal yield right Got so it. always yeah wow. well, so anyway, how,
1: how long you been fishing for? Uh, all my life, grew, wow. you know.
2: Grew up in St. Louis, Okay. or outside of, and um, um, you know, was a was a spin caster for forever. You know, slinging worms for catfish and bass and bluegill and that kind of stuff. You hmm. know.
0: So, were you cooking as a kid?
2: <clears throat> no, I mean, I I grew up. I mean, I grew up. So we grew up on kind of a. I mean it's it wasn't really a working farm, but we, we, we you know, I I I grew up out in the country on land. And uh, so my 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 parents, both of which my dad was from Saint Louis in, in the city and my mom was from a small town in Missouri called Freeburg. Um, but they, they and they met it at um, at Saint at Saint Louis U and got married and bought like seven acres out in the, out in the, out out in the country Hmm. now. And they're still in the same place. Cool. But now it's, it's completely changed, right? Like Hmm. they, they built the house. I was born in 1970. They built the house in 71.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. And it's like all developed now or how? Yeah, it's,
2: it's, you know, right. Yeah. There's, you know, there's, there's a Starbucks a mile down the road. Hmm. I mean, right. There's homes, houses, you know, great, great schools, all that kind of stuff. But, When I was growing up, like we would buy, we would buy our milk and eggs from a lady right down the road. Oh, that's cool. Um, Local. So I, so I, 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 I grew up with that, you know, and, and my, and my, and I I think probably, probably more my dad, who was kind of a city guy, you know, wanted, wanted a taste of the country and, Hmm. you know, like they, they used to make wine. Like we had, we had pigs when, when I, when I was, when I was little. Um,
0: What did your parents do?
2: Uh, so my my mom so she she raised us right all f- all five kids. So she she was a she was a teacher for a little bit, um, and then uh, and then my dad has been a stockbroker forever. Interesting. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, they 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 did all that like sort of kind of hippie stuff like they wanted to have land they wanted to do you know they wanted to kind of live off the land and but so I I, I was exposed to all that stuff as a as a as a young kid
1: who was the cook my mom or dad
2: uh they're they're both great cooks that's right um, that's fortunate for <clears throat> yeah my, my my dad is kind of like a he's kind of a he's, he's kind of a salad expert you know he always can can make a killer
1: salad well, that's such a wild special dressing
2: in the bowl you know got the, got the wooden bowl going mm. you know whatever it is you know yeah i mean he was using avocados before everybody else was using avocados huh. Huh. you know i
0: like the dichotomy of a yeah. stockbroker dad who's also got a <laughs> yeah. hippie side uh, right i think Sounds that's like the a perfect guy yeah it's the perfect balance could have been my yeah life. my
2: yeah. we did we did raise um so we had pigs for a bit until you know until the pigs went went to the went to the processor, right? Yeah. But be, because of that, my sister um, was a vegetarian forever. Mm. Because you know, and right, you're not, you're not supposed to name your your
0: your food, food yeah. right?
2: And and Wilbur, you know, at some point mm-hmm. went to the went mm. to the went to the butcher. So,
0: so would that? they go to the butcher and then come back to the house? Yeah, and then it's yeah. like,
2: wow, look at this, We've got bacon, all yeah. kinds of stuff, <laughs> right?
0: Or you did it <laughs> she,
2: but she she's always been she's so there's there's 5 kids yeah, right yeah. Just one i'm in vegetarian. the middle there's four four boys and a girl she's the second oldest but you know i mean that's tough right you're like outnumbered with all that all the all the males and stuff yeah, yeah but, it's tough
0: is she but the only she's, vegetarian
2: she well she was for for a long time But i mean but that's why i mean because she loves she's always had a lot of pets you know she was the one that had you know turtles frogs snakes hamsters gerbils cats dogs
0: oh my gosh
2: uh now now she's got she's got guinea hens whoa she's got a whole flock of them
0: are those Mm. are those like small flightless is that like
2: that's right well they're they're not small they're you know smaller
0: than a a regular chicken hen though
2: They're they're bigger than a chicken,
0: oh.
2: um, and and they're and they they actually so she lives with her husband about about a mile away from from where from where I was from where we were all raised. Oh. Hmm. Um, but my my parents still have, you know, they, I think at one point they got up to about a hundred hundred acres of wow. land,
0: just like buying neighboring yep. plots yep. as they became. And available. I think
2: now they're back down to maybe fifty or sixty cool but still there's there's land
0: right so is any part so, of that land working or is it just property
2: it's 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 property it's 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 been working at times like you know you know we've we've had we've had cows we you know we've had we've had a lot of different a, a lot of different livestock over the year but over the years but just more i think of a
0: hobby right Mm. and do people come to the property asking i asked this because this happened to me a couple weeks ago i was at my dad's my dad lives in the country out in harvard illinois oh okay which is
2: nice uh, actually i actually looked at a a farm out that way it's
0: really pretty out there he's out on paulson road it's extremely rural um Mm -hmm. but now uh, all the stalkers are gonna find him yeah my dad's (laughs) in trouble you sell them there um but we were just we were hanging out um harvesting honey because he keeps bees out there and um a guy came like pulled into the drive it's a long drive so he, he had to drive a ways and, he Aways, got there, yeah. and he's like uh he's like hey is the owner of the property here and he's like i'm a bow hunter and uh, i was wondering if i could hunt here this fall and my dad yeah. was like he's like i don't really want the animals to be scared to come onto the property so he kind of right. nicely said no but like i feel like if, anytime you have a larger pr- property right. people are going to come yep. especially this time oh, yeah. of year and look for uh um, yep. A place to hunt
2: yeah and my and my parents i mean i'd say more so my mom like she's you know she makes friends with everybody right mm-hmm. you know like you're on a plane she's you know she's that that ind- individual that'll chat with anybody yeah so you know you got the the guy that works for the cable company he's out there right it's like you know hey you know would you mind if i come back out and hunt I mean, yeah. so that that's that that is that has been a thing over the years right yeah you know and 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 you know, I mean, obviously, with with the um, with the the lack of, of 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 natural predators for deer, I mean, mm-hmm. like you, you kind of have to control the population. Yeah, you know, so that's how you do it. I mean, the the only the only predators that there are around here are, are you know,
1: and <laughs> guns and, and yeah, guns,
2: cars. bows and cars, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, so. And actually, you know, I, I, I ironically, my, my my brother-in-law who who married my my sister in the summer of twenty nineteen, hmm. um, I actually officiated that that wedding. How did it go? It was good. It was good. But he worked for AT and T forever, and and he was out doing something, and my mom and him started to chat. And then
0: you know, and the and the rest is history. That's how he became part of the family. Yeah, your mom. Yeah, how about that, right?
2: (laughs) And then and then he came out and hunted, and and, you know.
0: Wow, so it's a thing. So
2: you know, it's and you know, it's it's uh, you know, if you live if you live near a place that has a good processor that can manage that stuff, and you can you can turn all that stuff into some great, you know, it's like super clean meat. Do you use venison? A lot. We do. I mean, anytime I, I go home, you know, my my mom's like, "Here you go," and and the and the and the and the processor will. I mean, you can you can specify what you want, right?
1: Mm.
2: I want I want chorizo breakfast sausage you know whatever it is that's
0: cool it's I've, awesome, only, right? I've done venison jerky one time and it was really gamey i don't know if i got huh. the best cut but i was like kind of one and done on that for the jerky at yeah. least
2: hmm. i just had a i just had a buddy um that was out hunting for opening season for duck last weekend and he harvested uh some teal and wood duck hmm. so teal are like i mean they're they're tiny they're like you know a pound uh at the most
0: yeah live it's not right? a lot of yield there
2: yeah so if you know what like a if you've ever seen like a squab breast mm-hmm. i mean it's like you know yeah it's like three four inches you know yeah. <clears throat> um but I, I i put together a pate with with the ducks and mm-hmm. the old and everything super tasty I'm
1: sure
0: it was yeah. you just
2: gotta watch out for the for the for the buckshot <laughs> yeah <you know? laughs>
0: there's right? a uh there's a group for that like uh it's not called Ducks Unlimited, but there's like there's like, Ducks Unlimited. Is that is what it thing. Is? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think my dad went to a fundraiser. Trout a Unlimited is a thing. Ducks yeah, Unlimited. They're like focused on like the
2: conservation, conservation yeah, and making sure
0: yeah. they're being responsible about sourcing yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah,
2: we've we've done a handful of events with them. With I don't know if you guys if you know the um, author Hank Shaw. Mm-mm. He's he lives out in northern in northern California, but he's he's written. All of these books on, on, on hunting and foraging and fishing and sort of how to you know, <clears throat> like he's got a book, duck duck goose. <laughs> he's got a book, buck buck moose. <laughs> um, They're children's books. <laughs> <laughs> pheasant. What's what's the other one? Pheasant. 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 Pleasant. Something. Cottontail. <laughs> pheasant. Rabbit. Cottontail. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> But but we did. I've done I've done a handful of book events with him at, at V, cool. And one of which was, was a, uh, we did a little. We did some of the some of the proceeds for 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 DU.
0: Yeah. yeah, Ducks, Ducks unlimited. unlimited. Yeah, the reason I thought it wasn't Ducks called unlimited. It is is cuz yeah. there's there's also I mean, a clothing line with that name, I think. It's
2: all, you know, it's all about the it's
0: stock unlimited. It's, oh, right. It's about
2: the <laughs> preservation of the of the habitat, right? Yeah. It's the preservation and the cons- conservation of of the wetlands and mm-hmm. all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, so you yeah. can you can you can you can you can blow them out of the sky. Yeah. So, know?
1: uh how did you, you get need them <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so <laughs> joiners podcast is brought to you by party can party can is a premium batched large format full flavored cocktail that uses high-end liquor real juice real ingredients it's all natural gluten free it's 12 drinks in a single can and guess what that can actually floats you can take it to the beach the pool on the boat camping hiking to the game everywhere you go it is recyclable and reusable. It's a party in a can and everyone's invited. Party Can is available at multiple retailers around Chicago, around the country, and you can always go to drinkpartycan.com to find a local store or have one shipped to you or a friend. And now, back to our interview. How did you get from the rural farm yeah. life to? We're being like a chef? We're,
2: we're stuck in the country, Danny. <laughs> yeah. We can't get out of the country.
1: Um, How? Yeah. At what point did you know you wanted to pursue?
0: Was CIA the first Yeah. Big so city so venture?
2: you know, I mean, I would say you know, I'm a I'm a typical you know young kid that was kind of a knucklehead. You know, just didn't really have you know you know, was into some nefariousness when I was a kid Mm -hmm. and, uh, and didn't, you know, just didn't really know what, what I was going to do right with my life. But I grew up, you know, in an area where, or I grew up in a family where food was always, you know, we didn't really talk about religion or, or politics. It was all, it was always about like, you know, you know, it would, we would, we would sort of dig into the meal that we were having or it would be like, what do we have next, right? Like, what's the next meal, yeah. kind of thing. Um, and 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 my mom, you know, she got a like a sourdough starter from a from a neighbor in the late '60s. So we we you know I I, I, I grew up with with all this baking and breads and cool. and then like her her mom, you know, was it was an incredible cook. Um, and then and then my dad's mom uh, was was also a good cook. She would she would wreck roast. You know she would overcook <laughs> roast, but but she was like she was really, um, you know that that side of my family is um, Alsatian French, and Slovenian, so she kind of had like a little bit of a sauce thing going on. Okay. So she may just wreck the 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 top round, whatever. But there'd always be a nice sauce to it. Yeah, right? so you're like, you gotta okay, save you know? it. Yeah, the sauce. Would save <laughs> which is that. which is kind of the history of sauce making in France, right? Like it's how to how to how to. How to how to amend the flaws, right? It's the history of cocktails Anyways.
0: too. Save the flavor. Yeah, right. Mask right? the booze. Yeah.
2: Well, and 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 the history of cocktails is is medicine, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a huge part of it too. Anyway, so so I think you know. So at one point in high school, I started working in 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 restaurants. So, um, and I just loved you know I love the culture, I love the energy, and you know it's a bunch of other knuckleheads right that are all sort of <laughs> yeah. working to do the same mm-hmm. thing um so you know i i had a handful like my first official job in a food service operation was at six flags oh wow dj's diner i was a soda jerk <laughs> so you made the sundays the malts the
0: which six flags the, not great america
2: uh, in no no in in eureka in in missouri Huh. Hmm. so like it was actually about it was about Twenty minutes from from where from where I from where I lived.
0: Oh, cool. So, um, any perks with that job? Free admission? Bring friends? Or was it just you were just? Yeah, no, I th- I th- I, th-
2: I, th- I I think there were some perks. Yeah, you know. But so I so I I did that. I worked for a couple of Irish guys that had a had a pizza joint washed, washed, wash dishes and delivery guy, you know, was kind of the combo, right? Like mm-hmm. when you're, when you're, when you're back from a run, you're washing dishes. <laughs> um, and then, and then I, I eventually was working at this place called Annie Guns, or I'm sorry, not Annie Guns, called the Smokehouse. And the Smokehouse is still there. And I've I w- been there, and I in would, St. Louis. Yeah, and I would encourage you, so you've, you've been, yeah. Tim, so. Danny, I, I, would, I would encourage you to put it on your
1: list. I'm a poppies yeah. man, you know. Which is what? In St. Louis, I mean. Oh,
2: no. yeah.
0: Danny's yeah. not in the yeah. know. He's not yeah. in the know. All right, no. so,
2: the, so the smokehouse <laughs> was an old butcher shop yeah. down in Chesterfield, right, which this area used to be called, like, it's, 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 the, it's basically a floodplain of the Missouri River, and they called it Gumbo Flats. And this area has a ton of history of, of agriculture and growing produce and, and stuff, you know. So, like, when I was a kid, that stuff was all was all active. Um, and we would, after, after church on Sundays, we would go down to the market and, I mean, incredible stuff, right? Anyway, but the smokehouse had been there since the 30s, right? I mean, a long time. And... My grandparents, on my dad's side, used to make trips from St. Louis out to the smokehouse to buy their meats and their charcuterie, their pâtés, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so I I I got a job working at the smokehouse, and Tom Sainard, the owner, he's like, you know, if you're really if you're really thinking about this as a as a career, let me introduce you to Simone and Jobert Andujar, who ran a restaurant called Malmaison. <clears throat> and it was kind of considered to be like, you know, other than like Tony's, which was like kind of a, like, a, like a legendary uh, Italian place in the city that had been around since the 50s. Malmaison was like, you know, it was probably one of the top, you know, two or three spots in the St. Louis area. Mm. So he made the intro and I started working with them.
0: How old are you at this time?
2: Um I'm seventeen years old.
0: Okay. So still in high school? Yep,
2: still in high school.
0: Cool. So the so, smokehouse was all prepared stuff?
2: Yeah, they were. And and the and the reason I I I, I brought up or, or said Annie guns first, because what happened was the the smokehouse, yeah, so it was all prepared. Um Tom's wife Jane, it was actually Jane's family that was that was the one that 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 started it, right? It was her it was her grandparents that actually, that, that started it in the thirties, you know, Jane is, um, she's probably mid, mid sixties maybe. Um, but anyway, she trained at the Lake Cordon Bleu in Paris. So she would make like, you know, incredible pastries, pies, you know, so they had, you know, and they, they actually had, they make a jerky there made from flank steak that's so, unbelievable!
0: Yeah, I know the jerky because I had a friend, Fucking unbelievable, in college who uh, <laughs> he would bring it. He was on, yeah, he was on my tennis team. We, he would, he was from St. Louis, and every time he'd go home for a break, we'd bring, be like, "Hey, to bring that jerky back. Oh, it's really, man. really yeah. good. I want it."
2: So, so in, oh, it's, Did it's they amazing. Ship? Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, nice. yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna get ten for Honey. A-
2: anyway, game. so they they uh, they had all right. So so they had in, well, so they they had opened. They had bought. Um, I mean, which is a great name for a bar, by the way. Mm-hmm. This right next to this right next to the smokehouse for years was this bar called the Pot Roast Inn. <laughs> <laughs> this place was awesome, right? Like, I mean, we may have gotten served there when we were in high school, right? One of those places,
0: divey vibe or or rustic. total divey vibe, yeah,
2: yeah, nice. divey, you know, rustic, whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they bought that. And then they open up Annie Guns and this was like, so, and Annie Guns is, is, is still there. Um, a great, a great restaurant. Um, and this all had to be like, I think Annie Guns opened up in 1990 or 1991. Right. But in 1992, the summer of 92, the entire Midwest along the Mississippi and the Missouri river flooded. It was like one of the worst floods in a couple hundred years Mm. so that whole area that that gumbo flats the the ag area gone it was all wiped away and after the flood that whole area changed. you know like now it's you know there's a home depot down there i mean it's it's Mm. all strip malls down there now and stuff you know there's there's a i mean you know it's it's great it's it's you know it's um viable businesses and yeah. you know, op- op- How did the opportunities for change
0: people? that they allowed it hasn't i mean it, it
2: hasn't changed i mean they, they built they built up the up up the levees but i mean at some point in time what you know i don't know what they called it but if it's the 200 year flood it's going to happen again hmm. for sure because i remember my youngest brother and i we took a canoe from where the highway went down into the Gumbo Flats area, there was a point where the highway was underwater, right? Wow. And the whole—I mean, you're talking about—you know—you're talking about thousands of acres underwater. Hmm. And we're like, and we we canoed by the Smokehouse sign was was what was what was <laughs> what was visible because it was all flooded.
0: God. Anyway. Wow. <laughs>
2: Still in the country, Danny. We're, yeah, ne- we're no, never going to get out of the it. country. Yeah, it's cool. it's long. I love it. Anyway, Keep so the country stories alive. Malmaison, and then you know worked worked there through through the rest of high school, and then I ended up, um, which was a great experience. But I ended up going to college in West Virginia <clears throat> because my high school girlfriend went to school in Virginia,
0: and I thought yeah. I thought maybe that was close. You guys are probably <laughs> still together now, right? Oh yeah. Out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That lasted a couple of weeks in the, in, the, in the freshman year. She was at, at, at UVA, you know. And
0: yeah. Anyway.
2: So, um, but I ended up going to school in West Virginia, and I got a degree in nutrition. Okay. So, and I continued to work at Malmaison, you know, when I was home for breaks, home, home over the summers, all that kind of stuff. So and was wh-
0: that
1: like the most formative cooking job you had? I yeah. Don't miss on. Yeah,
2: I mean, because you know, other than that, I was a soda jerk. I was a yeah. pizza guy. You know.
1: know, who was kind of mentoring you there? Like,
2: well, you know, it's funny because the my you know, so C- Simone Anduhar was the executive chef, and she was from Marseille, <clears throat> and then Jobert was from he was Basque, um, and they had. They had a restaurant in 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 the city in Clayton called Le, Le Bistro before they had Malmaison, you know, and and they had kind of a reputation. Like I remember my parents hearing them talking about going there for the bouillabaisse, like whatever, whatever time of the year that they would have that on the menu. Um, but so I would say she definitely was a mentor. Jobert ran the ran the. He 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 ran the front. Their their son, who was actually born in France but was raised um, in the states, N- Nobert or or or, or Norbert, mm-hmm. he was he was like he was the guy. He was the working chef, right? He ran the kitchen. Yeah. He was the inspiration. He was the mentor, but he was also a real character, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I mean, this guy, like, if
1: your name's Norbert, I mean, before
2: before anybody, other than ex-cons and military folks, he was tatted out. He had all these tats, and they were all like kitchen, like skull, like hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Big French knives, like you know, crazy. Yeah, now um, it's common. Like, what's the uh, what's the guy's name? Eddie from. Uh, not from or from or from Molly Hatchet. Not not from from Molly Hatchet. What am I thinking of? Eddie the, Eddie the uh, the mascot from the old old uh, rock band. Um, I
0: don't know. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys, help me out here. <laughs> all right, help me out here. Look it up. Eddie the Google. Yeah. yeah, it's not
2: it's not Molly Hatchet. It's uh, Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Jesus.
0: Yeah, i got it.
1: Anyway, but he had
2: like all that kind of stuff. But Ed, if you look up Eddie, Eddie's super scary.
0: Oh yeah nice guy I don't know this is a different thing but yeah yeah I see the, I as his pictures well, that is very anyway hilarious. but but Norbert <laughs>
2: Norbert was a real character um,
0: whoa yeah it looks like yeah but like he was t-shirts. he
2: was super <clears throat> impressive and talented you know
0: was he a lot older than you
2: uh you know've I've thought about this um, yeah I think I'm I'm gonna say 10 to twelve years older okay maybe. I'm thinking he was maybe in his 30s there. Yeah.
0: No, I don't see any tattoos on your arm, so he must not have been left too strong well, an impression.
2: Well, there, there, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a couple from when I was, when I was in a fraternity <laughs> when I was in college. Not visible
0: to the again
2: here. before anybody else had tats other than, yeah. other than uh, ex ex cons and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Anyway, you, but but did, so he was super. You were sorry, Danny. I no, no, no. Just, you did
1: you work every station over there?
2: No, no. I mean, I was, I was, I was Simone's prep bitch, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> and then typically, I mean, I think I got a little bit into saute, but I was, I was apps, apps guy, yeah. hot, hot app guy, garnier, you know, which is fine. I mean, you know, I think, I mean, not to, not to, not to, not to digress into this, but you just, you don't have the, you just don't have the patience with yeah. people now, right? People feel like they got to just get somewhere. You know they they yeah. can't they can't walk that well, but they they want to run. You know, yeah. but some some funny stories about him. So we're out in the country is is this restaurant. So he would work the broiler grill, right? So he runs. He's cooking all the proteins. You know, this is a, you know all this all the servers. They had the captains, the front waiters, the back waiters, the runners, the essays, the whole. You know, <clears throat> and they're wearing bow ties and you know. Um, mm-hmm. But he would he'd he'd run the kitchen, and he would he, I mean which was amazing for me like but he was he was on the busiest you know he's a, he's expediting he's cooking he's managing the front you know from all behind yeah. the line.
1: Was he pretty high strung?
2: Well, so this was was even more impressive and impressionable as a young cook, right? As a young kid, he often was baked. <laughs> So he would ha- he'd have me go out in his truck and roll up joints for him, and we were out in the country, <laughs> and where his station was, there was a little like a little window, a little screen right there. Yeah. And I'd see him over there, you know, and he had like glasses that he'd wear, and they were kind of like ledge down on his on his uh, on his nose on his nose, right, like kind of looking around at people, and he you know smoke and blow right out right out the screen, you know. Huh. Oh so God. he was like, you know, I'm like, I, and here I was, right? I'm 17, going,
0: I want to be like that guy. <laughs> so this had to be like homegrown weed because you're out in the country, right?
2: Well, I, I don't know about that. I mean, sure, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, this is back before, you know, you know, yeah, yeah.
0: farm to bong. Well, yeah,
2: you're not. You're not supposed to be doing that, right? You yeah. get a lot of trouble. Yeah, back I think then. This,
0: Missouri is still not legal, is it?
2: It's not. It's not. I think it's coming though. But yeah, but he was a character. I mean, you know, and he would, it was amazing. Like he would, he would catch when I'd be doing something like, and I still have a memory of like, we had a, we had a French onion soup on the menu and there was a, it was a convection oven below pickup, right? Like, cause you, when you want to you know, you heat up the soup, you put it, you, you build it in the little crock and you do the bread and the cheese mm. you want to blast that in a, either a convection oven or a broiler to really get the cheese melted yeah, and get it super hot, top. right? Yeah. And uh, I, I still remember the time, because I, I was new, like where I had pulled it out of the oven, and then at some point I was doing something else, and then I came back over and grabbed the oh, fucking handle God. without oh. without my because t- I just wasn't used to those types of movements.
0: Yeah. And
2: I pulled it over, and I, and I made it like halfway and just dropped the whole thing, <sighs> soup and all, and, and he's like Slinky. What the fuck are you doing down there?
0: <laughs> slinky. Slinky. Oh man.
2: Anyway, so one of the captains at Malmaison was was the one that came to me and said, "Hey, if you're really into this, you should, you know, it's like various people along the way, yeah, right? It was, it was it was Tom at Smokehouse that was like, you know, I'll introduce you to Simone and Jobert. Mm-hmm. Um He's like, there's a great, there's you know the 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 Culinary Institute of America in New York. You know, you should you should look into that, right? And that's, you know, that's when you got to make the phone call, have them send you the information. I mean, you're not yeah. just going on the internet, right? So, so did
0: you finish four years at Wesleyan?
2: I was on the four and a half year plan, Tim. Okay. You know, sure. just, just felt like I needed that extra, Victory extra, lap. extra semester. <laughs> um, and actually I worked, I worked, uh, so in school um, I worked, um, I worked at a restaurant that was about 15 miles or so outside of town. And. Um, and the guy was local, but he had trained up at the culinary school in Pittsburgh. Okay. And he was, you know, so this is, uh, you know, I probably started working there in maybe '89 or '90. Um, you know, it's it's still it's still West Virginia, but there it was it was amazing that there were there were a few artisans like there was a guy that was cultivating mushrooms down the road, like that was just kind of. And that's in a, you know, this is in a, I mean, this is a rural area of of the country. Right? Yeah. But that there were a few like sort of, we'll call them kind of ne- neo-hippies that were yeah. like trying to do some cool stuff. And this guy was really about showcasing the bounty of the area. So, that's and you'll, cool. you'll see that there's a handful of people that I've worked for that that's the same sort of theme with
0: each of them. Yeah, right? and it seems like that's stuck so, with you.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean yeah. even even uh you know Malmaison was it was it, it means the it means the the it's the bad house, right? Yeah. And it was Malmaison was the um it was the getaway it it was the it was the retreat house for Josephine Nap- Napoleon's wife. Huh. Right? And you know Rumor has it, you know, she had her side salads out there or whatever, you know. (laughs) But we had, we had, we had, you know, they had, it was a, it was a ton of land. And there, there was a big garden. So, you know, Simone would, you know, like I, I mentioned, I was her, her prep bitch. I mean, she'd come in from the, from the market or the garden with all this stuff. And it's like, you know, it was all, you know, it was always doing. And she was, she was. You know, not not in like I don't feel like I I was ever violated by her, but she was definitely, you know, like you couldn't get away with the kind of stuff she did.
0: Yeah, she like, was. She shy. was
2: she was very touchy. You know, a lot of oh, like a yeah. lot of you know I'd be bending over and she'd 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 grab my ass yeah, or you know slinky in the kitchen. Right, you know she's like, <laughs> kind of kind of I was kind of a boy toy for her. You know, I think she liked that. <laughs> yeah. She's like in her you know. I didn't, you know, again, I, I wasn't crying to HR. I was no, like, yeah. eh, whatever, Simone. It wasn't the time. Whatever, there whatever, was no HR. Whatever, whatever you need, Simone. Yeah. Simone was the <laughs> HR. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly.
2: Anyway, so, so uh, yeah, so I worked at this restaurant in West Virginia. It was great. Quick little side story about, the, about this restaurant. There was a dive bar right next to this place. They actually shared the same building. Mm. Um, one night after work, I go into the dive bar and I see these signs posted up on the wall, bear wrestling event, like <laughs> next week, you know. I'm like, are you kidding me? So, you know, I was in a, I was in a fraternity. I happened to be the pledge trainer for that semester. Yeah. I'm like, this sounds like a great event, pledge yeah. opportunity, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we blindfolded all the pledges And and we and we out to this to this event. And sure enough, there was a six, seven hundred pound brown bear. Oh my gosh. No no ring, you know, just just move move some of the some of the some of the tables out of the way, right? And and had this and there were a bunch of locals that came out and you know, a bunch of my friends did it and stuff. It was insane.
0: Is this we're bear right. declawed? Is it domesticated? What, the ba- what's the risk it level? W- Yeah,
2: it wasn't you know? I think like teeth. Were, I think things were filed down, right? Like okay. oh it may it may have been sedated. I mean, the guy was like a dog and pony show. This yeah. guy was like you know he had a like a like a touring bear wrestling. Yeah, he
0: knew how to draw a show. crowd. Did anyone? Win? How about
2: that though? Huh?
1: Anyone beat this bear? <laughs> no. no.
2: The only <laughs> no. you know the the only the the the, the people like. I think you would do well. Like I think the smaller build yeah. did better than the big guys, because hmm. the big guys, the Bears, kind of like, oh, kind of feel Thumb that, to hold right? On to, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, Danny's very quick, very elusive. Bear, bear I mean, wrestling—that's yeah, a good story. I mean, yeah. how many, yeah.
2: how many people can can tell can tell that story?
0: Yeah, very few. We ask every guest for a good bear wrestling story. Yeah, right. To have one. Yeah. You're anyway, one out. so
2: all right, so we'll move on to New York. So then, you know, I went to the CIA after I graduated from from culinary school, and uh, um, or no. Went to the CIA after I graduated from college yeah. and and had a great experience and I ended up ended up working at this place, Cascade Mountain Winery. Yeah. Which was in Amenia, New York. So about like 45 minutes east of where of where we were at school, Hyde Park. And, and same kind of thing. The guy, the chef, Rich, you know, we were Coach Farm had just started in Pine Plains. You know, they were the first you know it was coach farm and then Lara Chanel were the first two gochi's operations in the, in the in the US. Oh wow. Right? And the and the and the first one was was up in up in the up in the Hudson Valley when I was in school. So same thing, but buying from the local, you know, the the guy down the road that was growing growing lettuces and stuff. I mean, H- Hudson Valley, I mean, obviously even I mean, you know, like probably 20 fold now. Yeah. But but back then, I mean, there, a lot of great stuff going on. Yeah, I was right? there a month. A lot ago of really good stuff going. For the
0: first time, it's beautiful.
2: Up for, up at the school, or just a no, just the, in
0: upstate New York. Went, did, checked out Hudson and Accord, and that's awesome. Of those towns up there, yeah, it's really really, really nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. still cool. rural, but like Hudson's pretty developed by now. Yeah, you know, a lot of retail and stuff like that. But yeah, it's charming, especially this time of year.
2: Great great stuff, mm-hmm. you know. The guy, the the chef there, so Rich Reeves, he was a he was a he was a Jersey boy, um, he was a character. <laughs> he was prior to becoming a cook, he was a hitman,
0: in, <laughs> okay. in in New in New Jersey, natural progression,
2: right? I mean, great influences, right? Yeah, yeah. These excellent. these these mentors that yeah. I had, right?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, he was he was super talented, but my my buddy Israel. Who's who's one of my good friends who's who stood up in my in my wedding. He's a chef in in Copenhagen, wow. um, but him and I worked for Rich at this at this winery, and it was, it was just you know it was, it was a it was it was a it was a lunch. I guess when we first started working there, it was just a weekend lunch deal, right? So everybody from 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 New York would come up to Wine Country, and you know, it, or, or, or you know, if they had a you know if they had a if se- they had a second home or you know mm-hmm. whatever that was so it was a lot of um it was a lot of a lot of wealthy individuals that would that would come up to that up yeah. to the winery right there was you know millbrook wi- wi- winery was right near there cascade mountain winery but the owner the owner of the winery uh his his parents started it but uh the son michael was was a drunk Mm -hmm. Um, and he would, so like, you could always tell, like, he'd come back into the kitchen at some point during a busy service, right? Like he'd come back. He's one of those guys, like, where you'd like looking at him, you're like, holy shit. Like his face looks different. Uh (laughs) He's like a face changer. Yeah, He'd come back to the kitchen and then him and Rich, the chef would get into it right during service. And my buddy and I, Iz and I,'d be looking at each other like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you know, they'd be fucking screaming at each other, "Fucking Michael!"
0: In front, get of fucking diners. Michael!
2: You know, yelling, and he'd come back in the kitchen, and face face changed. You know, and and then <laughs> yeah, that would hide. piss piss Rich off even more, right? Because <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not going to have an intelligent conversation with him, right? Yeah. yeah. Why
1: was he going back to the kitchen just to he... hang out? Well, it, it was what I mean. What, what was his goal in the, going back? The, the
2: the issue was we were like, it it was just it was a sh- I mean, we you you were so busy, right? People would come up, and there was no there was no sort of managing the door. So it's like you're yeah. just like flat seated, you know, for fucking hours, just <laughs> taking it right, <laughs> bent over for hours. And Rich would, like, he, at some point, he'd be, like, you know, yelling at the owner, like, what the fuck are you doing?
1: Like, yeah. we can't,
2: you know, we can't do this, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Like, I remember Rich, and he was super, super talented, but at one point, because we had, the way the kitchen was set up, there was, a like, a home gas grill on the deck. So that oh. was the grill, <laughs> okay? And I was working the grill, and I think the way it was, like, Rich would kind of do sauté and stuff, and then Israel, him and I would either switch, like, one of us would be doing the grill... And the other would do, like, we'd, we'd, we'd do the plating and kind of the garmagee stuff. And they had, of course, right, they had a Coach Farm stuffed goat cheese chicken breast with, like, some kind of a, there was, like, this, like, you know, it was like an apple, mustard, kind of a jelly thing. You know, whatever it was. And then it'd be a couple apples, a little salad and stuff. But at one point, so I'm, I'm putting the chicken on the grill. You know, this is before... Gloves, like you know, now everybody wears gloves mm-hmm. in kitchens, which I don't, not, I'm not a huge fan of because it's it's wasteful, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's something about having getting yeah, your hands touch, dirty, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. touching. Anyway, so so I'm putting the putting the putting the chickens on the grill, and then I'm going in there trying to wash my hands. It's fucking raw chicken. Rich is like, what the fuck are you doing? Get back out on the fucking. You know, he's like, I'm like, I'm just trying to wash my. Hand. Get you know. It's like, but and and it's not. <laughs> You know, it, it's not that, you know, he didn't have, I mean, he was a very, and, and I'm, I'm sure probably still is, a very talented chef, but it was just, it was so busy.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. it was
2: like, there was no time for that. And like, you know, Israel's looking at me like, fuck, man, wash your fucking hands, <laughs> what dude. Don't, is, what don't is don't the
0: go- protocol with that? I wash my hands at least 30 times when I'm making chicken. If I, if I even brush up against a raw chicken breast, I'm like washing. Yeah. I mean, I think is, I'm so paranoid. Yeah.
2: I, I don't know. I mean, I think. Uh, yeah, I think you want to you want to keep your hands clean. I think there's probably there's probably some wiggle room, right? Not
0: I haven't every gotten salmonella I mean, yet, or yeah, is I mean, it E. coli? What they you, they you, you
2: oh. know they they it's you know it's a natural bacteria that's found in their intestinal tract right? So it sort of depends on kind of how how it's processed, but I mean okay. it, it, there's there's a strong likelihood that that it's there. Mm-hmm. That's why they encourage you to cook the chicken to a certain temperature, so yep. it'll it will kill that.
0: 90 degrees Fahrenheit. But Right. <laughs> anyway. No, what is it, 135 <laughs> for chicken? No. 160?
2: Yeah, no, It's it's it might even be higher than 160. I think
0: it's one sixty. Would be, would be, I, I think
2: it's 165, which... That's, like that a, little, that's yeah. a little the, yeah. Yeah, but, but that's a little aggressive.
0: Yeah, one one thirty is like the, medium you know, rare
2: steak. Yeah, you don't want like <laughs> Tim one,
1: one, chicken tartare once a day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think one fifty for the breast meat is probably a pretty good temperature. Okay. You yeah. know, as far as like something that's gonna be soignee, right? Yeah. Dark meat's gotta go a little little further. But I think the USDA and the FDA I think it's one official 165. answer. one sixty five for the listeners. I, should, <laughs> I should know this. I just took yeah. the I just took that it. class. You yeah. know, I should know what that is. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah. So wait, it was so, a great experience. Like I got exposed to wine. Yeah, and uh, actually did work a little bit in the vineyard just because I wanted to learn it. But I would say for me, like the CIA was just like full. It was like full immersion of food and wine and everything
0: you yeah, you got to a little taste of everything and Yeah
2: and we we from. had I lived in this town of Pleasant Valley and we had we had this old farmhouse that we had a uh, handful of us lived in that was built in the 1700s and we had a big garden we grew hops we were Whoa. making we were making beer like we were we were into all just everything it was so it, that was, is cool. it was such a great time of my life where and and working at the winery was cool, too, and we met some great, great, great people, and we would, after service on Sunday, um, the owner's girlfriend, who was French, who ran the the Millbrook the vineyard and, and winery, she would invite everybody back to her place, and Israel and I would, would throw down and cook like this crazy dinner, and, you know, and... Mary Lore and Michael, like everybody, would bring out great wines, and you know,
0: sounds utopic. Where's where is Israel now?
2: He's got he's Israel got a handful of Copenhagen. restaurants in oh, Copenhagen.
0: Okay, still there.
2: Cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it was just, and then we did we did like when 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 the opportunity was there, we would do we'd go down to we'd go down to Manhattan and and stage at restaurants and mm-hmm. just you know. You know, I had a friend that lived in Jersey City, so my my plan after culinary school was was gonna be to work in New York. Mm. So at some point, right, you had to, had to had to had to had to had to tee up the stages, like look around, you yeah. know. Yeah.
1: At what point uh, so we did Yeah.
2: Well we did, you know, I, I did, you know, staged at uh, Gramercy Tavern, Oriole, Park Avenue Cafe. Boulet, le le, le bernadan yeah. like wow. just this list of these iconic spots you yeah. know
0: how long were you spending at each place or was just, just 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 a takes? day yeah, yeah just a okay. day
2: stage
1: yeah any of them stand out more than others in your memory
2: um oh i mean there there were there were some great i mean there was like the girl um i stage and 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 some of these i guess I guess these were those were stages where I was actually actively looking for a job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you weren't always treated that well as a stage in in some of those spots. You know, like I remember at Boulet having to like clean all these Stingray, all this skate,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you know they got those on the the top of the of the ray. There's those kind of barbs. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wrecked my hands doing that. Hmm. You're down in the basement. Water's super cold. You're you're bleeding. You know. Sure. You're trying to get a fucking bandaid. Yeah. You're down there with people that are prepping that don't speak any English. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it was work. it was tough. You know. And and for me, I think when you when you you know when you look back at my life, right, it was kind of rural up until then. Yeah. I mean, not kind of. It was right. It was, country in Missouri, West Virginia, yeah. upstate New York, Hudson kind of Valley. Just always
0: on the periphery. So when of the when big
2: I city. when I first was getting a taste of the big city, like it was intimidating for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and like, Eberhard Mueller, who was the, he was the last active chef at Lutess, and when I applied, when I staged and applied there, you know he's like this. German guy and he he looks at my at my resume and I, I think it, I think at some point like in his accent he's like you know where where's Missouri you know like he didn't know where that he's like where <laughs> where you know where, where is this like who, who, you know who are you where are you from kind of thing right and he was like you know you haven't you haven't worked like it says here that you've worked in all these all these restaurants I'm telling you right now you haven't done anything up until now
0: yeah nothing counts you
2: you haven't worked until you're working in this town and you haven't you haven't worked
0: did you agree with that sentiment i why
2: i I mean i you know i was not i was always very very respectful and polite you know i'm from the midwest so so i was always like yes chef you know or whatever Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
2: now when he offered me the job i'm like i'm not fucking working for that guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) no fucking way right (laughs) he was a fucking ball buster (laughs)
1: This podcast is brought to you by Geneva. Danny, what is Geneva? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. Geneva is a European spirit with a wide range of flavors and lots of personality. It always uses malt, spirit, and juniper and other botanicals, so some would place it somewhere between gin and whiskey. It can be floral and bright like gin or round and malty like whiskey. Whatever your preference, there's a Geneva out there for you. Even me? Even you, Tim. This campaign is financed with aid from the European Union.
0: So how yeah, long were you on the East Coast then?
2: So I ended up landing at this restaurant, in March. Uh, Wayne Nish was the chef, Upper East Side. A couple years I was there, okay. And it was it was it was exactly I think what the sort of small town Midwestern guy kind of needed because it was a tight crew, small restaurant. Like I think we sat like maybe fifty or sixty seats, okay. Um, you know it was Wayne, the sous chef. The pastry chef, and like three other cooks, right? I mean, it was a tiny yeah. spot, um, and I worked for this guy, Hillary Greg, who was he was from Saint Vincent, from the island, um, in the in the West Indies, and uh, Hillary worked at the Quilted Giraffe, which was, you know, it's it's been gone now for years, but it was prior to the sort of onset of you know the Jean Georges, the the Daniels which all sort of opened up in the kind of early to mid 90s mm-hmm. right Bobby Flay opened up Mesa Grill I think like in 93 so it was like like the 90s were like an explosive decade for, for restaurants in the states right and it started in towns like New York you know and um, but, but the, so Barry Wine was the owner. That was, that was an iconic restaurant that had been around like since the seventies, right? Mm-hmm. Like kind of like a Le Francais was for us here, right? Yeah. You know, they opened up, I think in 1972, you know, or something like that. Um, but Hiller worked there and he was, he cooked all the proteins and he was like, and I was his entremetier, you know, I did the, all the starch and veg and all that stuff. But this guy, I mean, he was a pain in the ass, but he, I learned so much from this guy. Like he was, he was the, you know, like, you know, he was the first guy that I I could really, I could watch him, like whatever he would touch, he knew like that was, that was a perfect rare. That was, you Uh know, like he was that guy. He was like, like kind of the Zen Protein cook. That's you know, a chef,
0: Super. Oh, like it was that. unbelievable. I wish I could do that. And he did
2: he did all like cause we he did whatever the protein was, he cooked it all. You know, he cooked the fish, cooked the duck, cooked the squab, cooked everything.
0: Same station?
2: Yep. All wow. like all right there, tiny. And and would never help like he started like maybe after a year he'd start helping me with stuff. I mean, like typically entremetier, entremetier is is not that it's more difficult than Let's say like the saucier or the guy that's cooking the, the you know the guy or the girl that's cooking all the all the proteins, but you got yeah you got a lot of shit you got to manage because you got to put together maybe two or three components for the one plate. Like he's doing one thing, one sauce, one vinaigrette or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And you're you're hustling, you
0: know. Trying to keep up.
2: It's you know I, I was I just fast forward because I was reminiscing with Pat Sheeran the other day. Because he was my entremetier when I was the saucier at Umbria. Hmm. And, and we, were, we were just talking about this. I just saw him at an event last week, and he was like, fuck, man. I was, you know, you know. And of course, I'd get in and help him. But we had all these little tiny, like, you know, like little cherry cherry tomatoes that had to be peeled. And then we had to hollow, hollow them out. Hmm. And then we would make a ratatouille all with Brunois. Eggplant squashes, blah blah blah, and then filled the 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 tomato with that, and you know that went on a lamb dish, and there were three of those per plate or whatever it was. Oh my <laughs> God. Fucking so running. labor yeah. intensive! You're running, you know. <laughs> wow. Anyway, but so it was a great experience, um, and I and I would have you know, and I and I I, I probably would have stayed in New York longer, but I had a girlfriend that that didn't it didn't work out, so I was like. Mm. I'm out. I'm going to move back to the Midwest. Yeah. So, I moved back to St. Louis. Um this is, you know, in the beginning of 96 and uh, with with the intention of staying in St. Louis. It's my hometown and, you know, did did some stages um around and and just, you know, after being in 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 New York, um you know, it was it was completely different. Like it just yeah. didn't, didn't have the same kind of energy and dynamics that that it did in new york so my younger brother was was starting medical school up here in uh downers grove so i'm like you know what and i and i knew i knew a couple a couple people you know a lot of people from st louis move up here right after college for for work or you know whatever so i applied for a job at trotters actually I, i i did stages at everest trotters um Sean, Sean McLean was at True, mm, yep. so I staged at True up in Evanston. I think it was at True, Everest, Trotters yeah. were the, were the three, three restaurants.
0: I ate at True exactly one time. It was in college. My girlfriend at the time wanted to go for Valentine's Day because she had—it's it's Let Us Entertain You, right? Yep. And she had a Let Us Entertain You gift card.
2: Oh, no, You know I'm sorry. <clears throat> Trio.
0: Oh, yeah. trio yeah. and Evanston okay. trio
2: yeah. and Evanston, yeah. but yeah, true. Right. Sorry. I will,
0: yeah. I will finish the story. Cause it's kind of funny. So I was, I think I was a sophomore in college and she's like, yeah, I've got a gift card for less entertaining. Like let's, let's go fancy. It's Valentine's day. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. So uh, <laughs> we go and it's like, I didn't know what it was. So we, we get to true and it's very fancy. And Dave Barron was working there at the time. Okay. So like I kind of yeah. knew he went to the same college league force college. We were friends and, um, and, we, you know, it's Valentine's Day, so it's a special menu, yeah. and we do the whole thing. And it's, like, the first, like, fixed menu experience I've had. And then the bill comes, and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, where's that gift card? $50 <laughs> gift card. i like, overdrawing my bank. I have to go, like, call my sister to transfer <laughs> money into my account. 19 years old. It was oh a disaster my Valentine's <laughs> that's Day. Well,
2: that's big. I mean... Yeah, I was I wasn't eating like that at nineteen. No, you No, know? neither was I. <laughs>
0: Tim wasn't on purpose either.
1: No, um, one and done. Wait, but so yeah, at what point does V start?
2: So we so so I you know I did I did the I did the Trotters thing for not long. I was there for about five months. Yeah, um, you know it was not not a healthy space, not, yeah, right? Not your cup of tea. The uh, Guillermo, who was who was running the running the running the kitchen at the time, you know him and I just we kind of butt heads from yeah. from from early on. His uh, now wife, uh, his his now wife L- L- Leslie. Yeah. He, you know, now he's down in Mexico and he runs runs floor, floor farms.
0: Okay. Uh, oh, cool. Which yeah. is cool. Have you been? To, um, you've been there, right? Oh, that's cool. Oh, Danny, thanks for rubbing it in. Too. Danny, you've you heard got Smokehouse, slaughter yeah. farms, yeah, you know, Smokehouse, You've yeah. been there, yeah. Anyway. True. Did you did you overdraw your bank account? No, but true? yeah, I
2: mean, we, you know, we we uh, she, you know, her, her and I, we we just didn't hit it. All. I don't, you know, I don't know what the deal was. Like again, yeah. I've always been Midwestern, polite mm. and respectful. Like, you know. You know, you hear that word drama a lot these days, in, in restaurants and yeah. bars, right? Like, you know, who's who's bringing the drama, right? Mm-hmm. I was never that guy. I never brought drama.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, but she didn't like me, and and those two were were hooking up, and so he just he rode me like a like a horse. So yeah. I just at some point I'm like, Yeah, peace. See you, dude. Yeah. So then then I ended up going to Umbria. And that's where I got I got the I got the job there as a saucier, which was a which was a great experience. And you know, worked with people like Pat yeah. Sheeran. Um we had Because, you know, when, when I was working in Umbria, the Un Grand Cafe, which is Monami now, but the original okay. name was Un Grand, you know, before they expanded. And and the the chef from the Ungrand Cafe I can't remember the guy's name, but he came from D.C. He worked somewhere in in D.C., but he walked out on a New Year's Eve, oh. <laughs> and Gabino came next door because we kind of shared the space, and you know, Ambria was his was his baby, you know, so we had to like we had to fill in, like one of us had to go over, and you know, because I I I have I eventually was was the was the sous chef there, but you know, it was a I mean, it was a shit show. It was one of those nights where. You just want it to end, yeah. Um, But yeah, work. You know, I was Ambria for a couple years. When I was leaving Trotters, I started dating my now wife, Um, and she was in medical school at the time. And she, after medical school, she got a residency in Hawaii. Mm. So we got, you know, I worked at Ambria. We got married in in May of '98, and we moved we moved there for a year so lived awesome. lived in honolulu for a year um ended up hooking up with a couple of french brothers and working at patavani's bistro and wine bar in waikiki which was you know these guys were like so it was, it was philippe and and pierre um and and philippe had been in the islands forever like he had worked at Big, big, you know, the, the, the Ritz-Carlton in Maui ran that, ran the Lodge at Coeli on Lanai, you know, which was a big, a big resort. Um, and they had big, like, Chinese money that were opening up a restaurant in Waikiki. Hmm. So the cool thing about the experience was is is I had a chance to work with equipment unlike anything I've ever used before, you know. We had, I mean, this is before a sous vide was a thing, but you know, it was a thing in in Europe, in France, mm-hmm. right? So we had, and and Pierre had just come from France, right? So we had a cryovac machines, so we were doing some of that stuff. We had a bongard oven. Everything was done in house. All the breads, everything was done in house. You know the. You know, and I end up, I end up, I was hired. I was one of two sous chefs at this restaurant for the opening. Um, Pierre was going to manage all the pastry and the baking, but he didn't have a, a visa. So, wow. so they had, so he came, he came for, for a vacation, right. For, for a couple of weeks. And, and I volunteered with the chef. I'm like, you know, Philippe, you know, chef. Um, I'm, if you want, I'll take on the pastry thing. You know, I'll do that. I mean, it's not something I, you know, I like it. I've I've done a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, you know, like when I worked at Ambria, you know, I had a chance to work with uh, Mich- Michelle Briand, who who is now passed. But I mean, this guy was amazing, right? Like he was, he was the, um, um you know, like next door at Mon Amis, he developed a souffle that they could, they could bake them ahead of time. And then, for for pickup, you could throw the soufflé back in the microwave and give it a, a blast, and it would soufflé back up Whoa. and get that out to the table and do do do. You know,
1: that's cool. Like
2: he was he was awesome.
1: Yeah, Had
2: a yeah. Anyway, he he unfortunately took his his own life about. God, about six or seven years ago, it was so sad, so yeah, sad. Sorry. But, yeah. but you know, I had a chance to work with a lot of great pastry chefs, so I, 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 I wanted to take that on. And uh, you know, the the house bread that we make at V, right? We've been open now for over eighteen years. That bread is a recipe from from here, hmm. from Hello. these guys. So, and we've never bought a loaf of bread at V, right? So I lo- I learned a lot of baking and pastry. I learned chocolate work. I mean, I work. Eventually, Pierre did did come to, to Hawaii. You know, was able to get there, and uh, it was awesome. You know, so uh, my my wife was doing a residency in obstetrics and in gynecology, and she didn't like it, so she she bailed after a year, and we moved back here huh. after a year. So um, Gabino, there were there were no opportunities for me at Ambria. That's that's actually where I wanted to come back, mm-hmm. um, but him and Joho are are tight, so I ended up getting a. Executive sous chef job at Everest Room,
0: so Everest still never been. Yeah, so yeah,
2: so worked worked at Everest. It was a great experience, you know, working with joho and Thierry, both of which from Alsace, and you know, worked with Alpana Singh had started working over there. So, you know, and and a lot of like, you know, back like even you know when I worked at Umbria, Bob Bonsberg was the sommelier there. I mean, he taught wine education at Kendall. You know, I always was interested in in what other people were doing, right? Mm-hmm. What's the pastry chef doing? What's the sommelier doing? So it really, you know, it helped me. And I think when when I got to the point where um, where we had moved out to the suburbs in two thousand
1: two, did you were you in Western Springs?
2: No, so we were living in the Ukrainian village, oh, but, um, and yeah. uh, and we had our first son was born um, in two thousand one, and jennifer my 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 wife took a job after residency because then she ended up doing bull split at at cook county and rush
1: okay mm. um
2: she got a job in downers grove so we moved out to hinsdale which oh, is yeah. which is which is where i live now and but I, but sweet
1: it's
2: a nice town yeah it's a nice town it's, it's funny because now both of my my sons both so my son lincoln is a junior at george washington university and my other son Zane is a freshman at Chapman University in California, so we're mm. em- empty nesters. So now yeah,
0: we're wow. right thinking
2: about maybe come back to the city. Oh, nice, cool. But we 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 moved. Uh, so we moved out there, and we found out, which is crazy, but Western Springs was a dry town.
1: Wow.
2: And we were the first liquor license since Pro- Prohibition, other than Mariano's, which was like a wow. like a package
0: license. Hmm. So it's crazy. These people just flock there.
2: Well, they they had done a survey. I mean, we were new in the in the community in the area because you know Western Springs, as you know, is one town east of Hinsdale, right? Mm-hmm. First town in Cook County. Um, yeah, people was like, we went, we want, our, that's what we want, you know, mm-hmm. a restaurant with a bar. That's so, a
0: wild opportunity. Yeah. So
2: that's why, like you know, you walk in. I mean, the bar is an emphasis of the space, right? But you know, V was always, it was, you know like a lot of people in a, in a creative field, like at one point you want to call your own shots. Right. Right. So that's what that was for me. And we wanted to do, we wanted to do, you know, I, I had done prior to opening V. I had worked part time for, for about three years, sometime, some full, some part time, but we were, you know, my, my wife was, um, um, you know, we were in the, in the process of working on opening the restaurant. So I was kind of working part time with, with, with Paul Kahn at Blackbird. But, you know, I, I, I think all the other chefs that I've worked for and, and the people along the way, but he helped really kind of seal the deal, you know, just being, you know, working close. I always say like, I never felt like I worked for him. I worked with him, you know, he had, he had a lot of respect for kind of what, what I did and my, my path. And it was different than his. I mean, I had worked in a lot of French spots, you know, so I just had a, a, a a whole different kind of yeah, experience, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's but, a similar sentiment to David Posey.
2: Yeah, yeah. And but this idea, like I remember just being in the basement and David from from Farm you know, showing up with these incredible beats and this stuff in February, you know. And it was just like, okay, we can do this, right? So that's what V was. V was like, let's really try to like showcase the Upper Midwest, like the you know, like the Great Lakes region. With all this great, you know, with as as much produce as we can find, and yeah. with a heavy emphasis on preservation, so we can we can we can tap into that in the off season.
1: You what know? did it take time to build in Western Springs and the surrounding neighborhoods, or were they just so excited that something of this caliber was opening? It
2: was, you know, we had a really good. I mean, we got a lot of great press, and and we were. I mean, it was it was it was it was strong it was a lot of support from from the community i mean you know people people say still now that you know v kind of put that town on the map you yeah. know and i think there is some
1: Were you nervous there's
2: some there's some truth to that i mean of course i was nervous yeah. right leading up to it's it. a big investment yeah. you know you 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 raise the money but it's it's all like you know you don't know what it's what's going to happen yeah. right i mean if you look at the at the closure rates of restaurants right uh,
1: not encouraging yeah. it's
2: not encouraging you know yeah. you know and and one thing i just want to touch upon real quick because it's you know obviously the the preservation piece is a huge part of of what i've done because i have a cookbook that i wrote yeah in in 2012 um and and where that really came from i mean i did grow up on my mom's side on the german side like exposed to some pickles and sauerkraut and and, and that kind of stuff but I will say where that really came from was when I moved to NYC. So I was finally getting out of the small town into the big city, and I got exposed to all this crazy ethnic food that mm-hmm. I never, never had before. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I didn't grow up eating. I mean, you know, I didn't have I didn't have Chinese food until I was probably
0: 17 years
2: old, yeah. Yeah. which is kind of crazy, right? Mm-hmm. It's something we so, take
0: for granted in the city. But,
2: you know, and I lived in Jersey City. In New York, and I would commute up to the Upper East Side, and it was a it was an easy stop into Chinatown. And Wayne Nish had me do all the shopping in in Chinatown because Wayne, which I didn't mention, his father was from Malta, and his mother was Japanese. Like, oh, he wow. was a very interesting sort of mix, you know. Yeah.
0: And is that what planted the seed for Guy Jin? No,
2: so okay. we'll, we'll get to that. But <laughs> but that that was a huge. I love this idea of acidity and how it balances richness, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's a huge part of what we do at V. So V opened in 04. Um, we ended up doing, you know, I ended up having a partnership with the, with the Boca group and, and open perennial v- Verant in right. 2011, yep. had a good five and a half year run, super cool experience with the hotel Lincoln, like that sort of F and B side of things. We opened up Elaine's, which is still there. the, the coffee shop and what are we going to serve there and and then the jay parker
0: yeah. danny cut his teeth at perennial that's right yeah right at, the, at the old in. the old one yeah, pre, pre, pre- that's drunk. awesome yeah man. i was in
1: the poley perennial um ryan poley was a chef at the time uh aaron hayes uh oh, was yeah. hired on as a to bartend with yeah. us and then she ended up mm-hmm. running stuff for you and opening the jay parker yeah, yeah. it's a crazy time it was a transitional period
2: i do think um you know the 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 Kennison that's there now just yeah. closed. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I, I I do think there's some sort of curse it's a tough over, corner. over there. It's a tough corner. Uh,
1: for sure. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, so we did that. And then in 2014, I opened in Hinsdale Vistro, which was really catering to the families. It was kind of like a global bistro thing. You know, like we had a wood oven, great burgers, and, you know, still philosophically similar to 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 pv and v but you know super casual right Mm -hmm. and and we had you know it was a i mean it was it was fine right but it you know at you know at the end of 2020 i was like you know what i'm I'm gonna i mean i'm either gonna reconcept or i'm gonna close it right so we reconcepted to vistro prime steakhouse and and it's 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 nuts. I mean, we we've almost doubled our sales.
0: Wow, that's incredible from
2: from the old restaurant. So it's that's it's what, awesome.
0: That's, that's what awesome. Midwesterners want.
2: And and I never you know I never I never you know if somebody would have asked me years ago like Can you have a steakhouse someday <laughs> I'm like mm, I don't know you know but
1: yeah. people love it. Yeah, it's great. We get I mean it's we get pivot. you know
2: m- most of our steaks are from not all of them because the the fillet is so is so popular. But Chad Chad Perkins or CDK. Is the is the operation? You know, it's all Illinois dry age, okay. Angus beef. You know who who we use at the other restaurants. Um, so it's going it's going great. So the Japanese inspiration is Jennifer, my wife. Before yeah. medical school, went to Duke undergrad. I've married up, Jen. I, <laughs> right? I, I was waiting for you guys to say that, but nobody said anything. Dr. Duke,
0: we were all thinking it
2: West Virginia, Wesleyan, Duke. I'm not sure which one has, has, has better credentials. Um, she studied Japanese at Duke. Hmm. Oh, cool. So when we started dating, she's like, cause she, she lived, she had, she did a semester abroad near Os, Osaka. Yeah. And she's like, have you ever had Okonomiyaki? Like, this is like one of our first dates. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. You know, so, so I've been messing around with Okonomiyaki forever. I mean, we've been married since 98. We've been married, you know, it'll be 25 years in in May of next year. Um, You know, my kids have grown up eating it. You know, we've, I've been messing around with it forever. Yeah. So when perennial closed in 2016 and, and when the Jay Parker was opening, right. So that was in 2012. Yeah. We thought long and hard about pitching to Rob and Kevin from from the from the Boca Group mm-hmm. about doing Okonomiyaki, doing an Okonomiyaki concept at the Jay Parker. Oh, cool! Which we didn't pitch to them.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: which I don't think was a, I mean, they, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have I don't think they would have been into it anyway.
0: Yeah,
2: not you know, and it's not the right fit, right? It's a
0: it's a little well, conflict form. of interest with uh, Momotaro, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Right. Well, that that was but that, but that wasn't open yet.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. Anyway, yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, so... It was a staple in our house, Okonomiyaki, so I was stoked when I saw Gaijin. You know, that's awesome. I live in the West Loop. It's a couple blocks away. First time yeah. I went, Bobby, So wait,
2: it was, a, it was a staple in your house because of Gaijin? No, because
0: I was, I, no, I was we, making it. So you were when, making it. When you were opening your place, I was like, man, we have a place to go for this. That's awesome. So, yeah. Now, it's, how did it's you... A ha- great, it's a uh, great... It's just an easy dish. It's a good, easy weeknight meal. I mean, don't, maybe my dumbed yeah, down version it easy, of it. Yeah, don't say easy. Yeah, don't yours say is, easy. Yours to... is on another level. <laughs> yeah. Other people but are
2: trying to do it. The first know? time <laughs> I went
0: shortly after you opened, and uh, Bobby Flay was sitting at the bar. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's fun. Yeah, funny. the last meal I had before the pandemic was that guy Jen.
2: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it was like the night Thanks before gentlemen. everything closed down. Yeah, crazy. It was wild. I saw you. But out at the bar. Yeah, know. so
2: she's she's the. I mean, that's that's the whole the whole inspiration. And then we and I hadn't been there, and we traveled. We did a quick trip to Tokyo and Osaka, um, like in the fall of 2016. So we were still open at PV, but I knew as we were going to close mm-hmm. and, um, I met my partner Lance, um, who was a McDonald's guy, but was looking to leave and was looking to, to, to start something else. So pitch in the whole concept, cooked it for him. And he had traveled over there, but never had it. So then he also went and then we came back and, you know, by the end of 2016, we were, we were all in on Gaijin. Cool. So, so, and as you all know, it takes forever to get a fucking restaurant or open, right? So we opened November of
1: 2019. Wow. Yeah. It's a good little, uh, good roster of restaurants you have.
2: So, you know, um, you know, we, we want to, we want to do, I mean, we're looking at, uh, another gaijin for river north cool. right now um you know we'd like to do maybe two or three more in the chicago area and really sort of anchor the infrastructure yeah and then open a bunch
1: that's
0: cool. awesome
2: so it's it's a little bit of the end game yeah for yeah. me Love that. you know
0: i've got my neighborhood version so i'm i'm set in the west loop yeah perfect <laughs> This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com So uh, take your sip and I'm going to hit you with We've got eight questions for you. Gotcha. Paul, what's your death row meal?
2: Death row meal. Jesus. (laughs) Um, I do love Italian food. Been to Italy once. um, So it wouldn't have to be a specific place, or it could be. It could be a
0: dish. It could be a specific restaurant.
2: Yeah. um, We had a, you know, I'm going to say... uh, Dianzo in Rome.
0: Okay. Dianzo in Rome. D'Enzo. It's great.
1: All right. You know the restaurant? No, I'm just saying it, it's great. That <laughs> yeah, you have good like to have a, a very, definite yeah, answer. Dianzo.
2: Yeah. yeah, I've only I've only been to Italy once, and it was a it was a it was a recommendation from 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 Paul Kahn Oh, cool! Hmm. Incredible. It's All like right. a brother and sister. It's in like the Travis Travis Dier area, right on the river. Hmm. It was amazing. with, with need my go wife and to go back to Yeah. Dianzo. Okay,
0: I went before I was into food. Not a good thing. All it's right. tough because we
2: had. You know what? It's yeah. tough because now I'm thinking about. It. Now you got me thinking about. It. We had. We went to a tonkatsu restaurant in Kyoto.
0: Yeah.
2: That was, Unbelievable I mean, unbelievable. Team
1: just all ate right. tonkatsu. Yeah. And and we I
2: went did. and then and then we and then I went to a gyoza restaurant in Tokyo. Like I don't know about you guys, but yeah. I, you know I'm a dump. I mean, I'll yeah, eat dumplings all day, all yeah, day same. long. Right. Yeah. So good. So, but it's, that's all it did. So like my, my boys and I were, and it's all by the dozen. So we're like, you know, we'll take four dozen pork, (laughs) three dozen shrimp. And anyway.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, What is your favorite hidden gem restaurant?
2: Hidden gem restaurant. Um, I mean, I love my, I mean, it's not really a hit. I mean, maybe for you, it's a hidden gem for people in the city, but in Hinsdale, there's a little joint called Pages, and it's just a little little mom and pop kind of a diner. Cool. Um, been going there forever, you know, like meatloaf, Reuben.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: You know the Big Mike, which is a that. patty melt with hot, hot, hot peppers added to it, like griddle jalapenos. Nice. Um, but I, you know, I loved like uh, I mean, it's closed now, but like Prune in New York was such a great restaurant. I didn't mean, know Prune.
0: Prune, Danny. Mm-hmm. Never been.
2: Gabrielle Hamilton's place in New York, um, you know, I, th- I think it's still around. But Babo, back in the day, was
0: yeah, unbelievable. Solid. Wait, Gabrielle you know? Hamilton?
2: Yeah, she's awesome. She's an author. She's yeah, she's,
0: yeah. I've heard badass. her. She's a she's a pickler too, right? Yeah, and like using ba- everything. Yeah, I think.
2: her her cookbook. I mean, she's the one that's like. She's got like one of the one of the recipes is like tin fish with with saltines, hmm. or, or or triscuits or something like that. You know. Hmm. Anyway.
0: All right. Favorite fast food.
2: Favorite fast food. I mean, I mean, I grew up. I was a big White Castle's guy growing yeah. up. Yeah, that's great. But I'm gonna say Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. Okay. Okay. okay.
0: Not on yeah. Sunday.
2: Yeah. No, on <laughs> they're they're all in church. <laughs> all
0: right. Right. Uh, all right. What's the strangest thing that you've pickled?
2: Uh, strangest things that I've picked, strangest thing that I've pickled, um, strangest pickle that I've eaten. Okay. I can tell you that. Sure. <laughs> Dive bar in Milwaukee. A couple guys <laughs> forced me to do, they didn't force me, but I, you know, I'm a pickle guy. I had to do it. Yeah. Right. Um, a pickled scorpion.
1: Whoa. Yeah. Okay. It was a shot
2: of whiskey with a pickled scorpion <laughs> garnish. Hell the whole fucking or... scorpion.
0: Do you chew it? Do you just?
2: I mean, you had to. I mean, you can't fucking swallow a scorpion, <laughs> yeah. Tim. You had to chew it a little bit.
0: <laughs> There's our pull quote: You can't swallow a scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um,
2: yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the strangest. I I, I. I was thinking, there was something I tried. I. I, I can't remember. I don't know. I have to think about that.
0: Scorpion's good. We've.
2: Right. We've pickled a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. What's your favorite spirit? Gin. Gin. Yep. Yeah, you're
1: a martini guy, right? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. I'm a I'm a just gin guy. All
1: right, just right? Just
2: gin. You know, like that's it. Yeah, that's right. my drink. It's just.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, just chill. I remember. Just this. Uh, yeah. yeah, just ice
2: and just gin.
1: But what's the garnish?
2: Could be a twist. Yeah, lemon. I think it was lemon lemon twist. twist. Back in the yeah. Day. What's I remember the preferred you guys, gin?
0: Man. Well, soft <laughs> gin, of course. Right, right, no, no,
2: no. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? I mean, you know what? I I mean, I, there's I like a lot. There's a lot of gin I like, but I like I like. I mean, for a go-to, for a long time, it was Beefeater and Plymouth. Yeah. Just for Mm go-to. You know, I like the London style. Yeah. But I like, aviation is good.
1: Yeah.
2: Now that's, you know, it's a little different, right? It's from from California.
1: Yeah.
2: But I even like that, um, I can't think of it, uh, the Irish gin that's got the rose gin. Oh, yeah, Glendalough. Yeah, I mean, like like, that's cool. Like, if you do that with some, like, a lemon tonic and a lemon, it's,
0: it's fire. How about yeah. Brockman's? Okay. Any love for Brockman's, not I don't know
2: Brockman's. It's, no, a, it's my sister's yeah. favorite. It's, a, I,
0: it's got a lot of raspberry flavor to Boodles it. Boodles is good. Yeah. It's old standby. Yeah. Boodles. Boodles is great. <laughs> We're a beef eater household. <laughs> Easy. Uh, all nice. right. What trivia category would you dominate?
2: Probably, like, classic rock music. Classic rock. Okay. Yeah, that's
0: a good one. Next time we have you on, we'll have some questions right. for classic though
2: rock. I, though I couldn't come up with Iron Maiden. <laughs> I, I would Did have come, i would have come up with yeah, it. yeah. i would have come we up got with
0: there it. yeah all right uh to what do you attribute your success
2: all the people all the people yeah. along the way you know
0: yeah. good mentors my, my, good yeah my,
2: my my wife and kids but i mean she's you know she's got a strong career as a doctor but mm-hmm. i felt i always feel like she's really we've always put my job you know before anything hmm. you know that's cool um so yeah
0: all, all right all the
2: people along the way
0: and then, last question: What is something that bars or restaurants do that annoys you?
2: Um, I'm a pretty easy customer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, drama. We know drama. Annoying, so. <laughs> I yeah. don't like drama, but Kitchen that's all. Drama. That's all don't kind worry of drama. That's 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 behind the scenes stuff that mm. you don't you don't know about. Um, I mean, I I guess you know, I, I, I do. I mean, I'm a back of the house guy, so I I do get a little annoyed when. I feel like the service is lacking because it just, you know, it's it's very normal to tip 20% mm-hmm. on tabs. In fact, th- that's even, you know, people are even tipping more than that now, right? Yeah. yeah. Like we've become such a tipping culture. Mm-hmm. So I, I think... I, I get annoyed when I feel like the service isn't there. Like there's an assumption they're going to yeah. at least get yeah, 20%, 20% you know, but like show a little enthusiasm, like yeah. look, look like you're excited about, you know, having us there, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm an, I'm annoyed by that, you yeah. know, by just, just the sort of, cause you, you can kind of, you know, they can kind of get away with
0: yeah, that. I think, right? I, yeah. That's a great answer. That, that and the customer well. facing liaison between the kitchen yeah. and the guests. So, Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, so. That's a great answer. All right, cool. Well, Paul, cool. thanks so much Gentlemen, for coming Tim, in. This was a lot Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. And that concludes our conversation with Chef Paul Verant. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can check us out on Instagram at joinerspod for weekly throwback photos as well as cocktails inspired by our guests. Yeah, and if you remember maybe leave us a positive review on uh we're yeah we're currently accepting positive reviews only on (laughs) all podcasts all platforms (laughs) uh Uh, this this... episode was produced by matt haddock and music by captain cuts thanks so much for listening